Ah, beloved. I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. It's his bona fide Bible talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Yo, previously on the New Living Translation, and there was a word from God given to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Get up and head to Cap City, Nineveh. Read them for filth. All that raggedy stuff they got going on is my business now. But Jonah hightailed it in the other direction, out towards Tarshish, trying to get away from God. He went down to Joppa, and he found a cargo ship heading to Tarshish. So he paid his way and hopped on that joint with the ship's crew, just to get away from God. But God made it mad windy on the waters, and there was a hurricane that beat up the ship. The sailors were shook. All of them started shouting out for their own gods. They started tossing stuff overboard, trying to make the ship lighter. Whole time, Jonah way down in the bottom of the ship, super sleep. So the captain ran down to Jonah, like, How you sleep right now? Get your tail up and start praying to your God like everybody else on this boat. Maybe your God will actually care about us so we don't end up dead out here. Everybody on the ship said, No, it's time to find out who messed us over. Let's draw straws to see who's taking the charge. So they drew straws. And Jonah drew the short straw. So they said to Jonah, Hi, right, bro. Fess up. Why is this happening? What you do? Where are you from? Who are your people? And Jonah said, I'm a Hebrew. We God-fearing people. The God of heaven who made the water and the land. And that just made them more shook. He said, bro, why you do this? Because they knew he was running from God. He told them. So they said, what we got to do to calm the waters? Because stuff was getting even worse. Jonah told them, throw me in and the water's going to calm down. This hurricane is all my fault. Still, the men worked even harder to get back to land. But they couldn't, because the storm wasn't working in their favor. So they cried out to Jonah's guy. God, please don't kill us for this man's mess. And don't put no innocent blood on us, because this is what you wanted. So they tossed Jonah overboard, and the hurricane stopped. So the sailors believed in Jonah's God on that day. They made an offering and pledged to serve God. Meanwhile, God sent a big old fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. I appreciate y'all rocking with me. I just realized at some point that in the last episode, I called Jonah a doofus. And not in passing. It was an emphatic doofus. I was like, Jonah, you doofus. That's how I started a whole segment of the show. And I recognized that it takes a very gracious person to hear me say something like that and take me seriously. You could have been doing anything in the world right now. But if you're returning, especially after last week, you heard me call a biblical character a doofus. 
and you chose to come back anyway. And I cannot take that for granted. So, if you are returning, welcome back. Thank you. You've done me a kindness. If this is your first time tuning in to the New Living Translation, welcome. I apologize in advance for any of the wild things I might say that strike you as irreverent, but I promise you, I take this Bible so, so very seriously. It's transformed my faith in a major way. And as I continue to take on this project of putting the Bible in my own vernacular, in terms that make it easier for me to understand without having to put my mind in somebody else's language and way of speech, these stories begin to click with me a little differently. For instance, after the last episode on Jonah chapter 1, somebody shared with me that they hadn't really thought of the fish in the story as a means of salvation, that it was always presented to them as a tool of God's judgment or retributive justice. But when I read this text, the whole story of Jonah, in terms that make it easier for me to understand, so I don't have to clear those hurdles, just the linguistic hurdles, I discover that the bad part, at least in the early part of this story, is Jonah being tossed overboard. There's a whole legacy in the Bible of the waters and the raging waters being a sign of chaos, that which is uncontrollable. That's why in the creation act, and got a whole episode on that as well, creating and creation, go ahead, check that out. I would say shameless plug. Shame ain't got nothing to do with it. You listening to the show, go listen to all of it, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, throughout the Bible, we see this pattern of the water and the deep and the depths being this thing that it's hard for people to tame. The only person who can tame the water is God. And in creation, that's what happens. Before the creation account is given, it says that the earth was formless and void and that the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That the first thing that God does is speak order into disorder, into the waters. And we see later on in the story of Jesus is told in the Gospels that uh, Jesus speaks to the storms in the waters uh, and speaks peace into chaos and that he's able to walk on waters, that God is a Lord of the waters. But in the first chapter of Jonah, in the previously on part of this episode, we discover that as Jonah is running from God, Jonah recognizes the only way to save the people that he is with, that he jeopardized by trying to run from God, is to be tossed into the water, to be tossed into the thing that only God can tame, into the chaos that humans cannot control. That's Jonah's way out of this, and that's where we left off last week. Jonah gets tossed into the water, into the chaos. And at the end of chapter one, we find out that God sends a fish to swallow Jonah. So the fish isn't a means of God's judgment. It's actually God saving and making a way for Jonah, a way out of the very judgment that Jonah earned when he ran from God and had himself tossed overboard. But that's not where the story of Jonah ends. And so this week we pick up in the second chapter of Jonah 
after Jonah has already been tossed into the depths, into the deep, into the waters. And so this week, we're going to have us some bona fide Bible talk about the second chapter of the story of Jonah, in which we find out what it's like for him down there in the deep and in the belly of the fish. Let's go. Then Jonah prayed to his God from inside the belly of the fish. He said, I called out to God because of my struggles. And God answered me. I called out from the belly of the grave. And you heard me. You tossed me in the deep end. Into the middle of the seas. And the rabbits covered me. Your surges and your waves were drowning me. And I said, I've been kicked out of your sight. But I'm going to see your holy temple again. And the waters caged me in. Down to my soul, I was buried in the deep. My head was wrapped in seaweed. I went way down, seen the bottom of the mountains and the land, where the earth slammed the bars behind me. And yet, you brought my life out the hole. My God, when my soul was fading inside of me, I thought about my God, and my prayer went up to you in your holy temple. People who chase the worthless believe in their own lifeline. But with a thankful voice, I'm going to give you what I got. I'm going to put out what I said I would. You're the only God who saves. Then God spoke to the fish, and it spit Jonah up on dry land. Hey, that boy died, y'all. I ain't saying that because I think Jonah died. I'm saying that because Jonah is using the language of somebody who thinks that they have had at least a near-death experience. That man talking about something, he went down to the grave. He said, I was all the way in that water. Jonah talks about seeing the bottom of mountains, like the base of volcanoes says that the doors, the bars were shut behind him. He was caged in. Jonah describes being engulfed by the waters, being caught up in the tides and the currents. This does not sound like somebody who is excited about their prospects of making it out of this situation. In fact, back in chapter one, it was pretty much assumed by everybody, everybody on the boat, Jonah, that tossing him overboard would be the end of life for him. So it's not as though this fish comes and Jonah's like, oh, no, I can't believe I'm being swallowed by this fish. This is surely the end of me. No, the end of Jonah was being tossed overboard into the situation. And Jonah prays this prayer that paints this picture of the despair he feels as he senses his life drawing to a close until Jonah reflects on the character of God and starts thinking about God resting in this holy place, in this holy temple. And Jonah said, it's that holy temple, the fullness of God that I have got to see again. So Jonah speaks of praying this prayer and how from deep down in the depths, after the 
bars have been shut behind him after he is in the tomb, in the grave, after Jonah has already counted himself dead, that he lobs this prayer to God who is dwelling in the holy temple. And Jonah says that God hears this prayer. And that as his life is slipping away, that he remembers God and that this faithful God saves Jonah. He prays this from the belly of the fish. So I'm not making this up. I'm telling you that what Jonah is saying is that this fish was his vehicle for salvation. That were it not for this fish, the, the story ends with Jonah being tossed overboard. That's the end of that story. We don't hear no more. The, the whole book of Jonah is about this dude that God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. And he runs in the other direction and a whole hurricane breaks out and they toss him overboard. The end. That's the end of that story. If it's not for this fish that the Bible tells us God sent to swallow Jonah, a Jonah who thought that the end had already been written for him. And then has to pray this prayer of thanksgiving. It says all of the worthless things that people chase, all of the idols, man, that's going to forsake your true loyalty. You can't count on those things, but God is faithful. And so, God, whatever it is that I owe you, I'm going to give it up to you at this moment. That's where Jonah finds himself at this part of the story as he's in the belly of the fish, the vehicle. The means by which God saves Jonah from his own actions, from the judgment that he wrought on himself when he went in the wrong direction, ended up in a hurricane and asked to be tossed overboard, that God saves Jonah by sending this fish. And we end this chapter with this, the fish spitting Jonah back up on dry land. So the vehicle that God had sent to save Jonah from this situation returns him to the safety that he once knew. And that's a wild ending to this part of the story for me. It's even crazier because that's not the end of the story. And so right after I pray with you real quick, I'm hoping you're going to join me next week. We'll find out. God, who is the most high. We thank you that you are a God who hears our prayers, even from our lowest places. Even when we feel that we are on the way out of here, that you are a God who can rescue, who can save, who can turn things around, and who can restore. So right now we ask that wherever we might be, you hear our prayers, bring peace to our hearts, bring safety to our souls, and help our bodies find refuge. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. That's the number three, not spelled out, black men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Pastor Trey 05. That's Pastor Trey 05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time, no. Patreon.com slash three black men. 
There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar.